A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. It is the final word show. It is Monday. Welcome to the Redman TV. Um, I am Paul Machen. I'm joined by Steve Hall, by James Redman, and by Ross Chanley for this one. Um, one nil. <laughs> away at Sheffield United. I had an absolute belter of a time today. Um, lovely city, Sheffield, and even sweeter when you come away with three points that you probably, probably didn't didn't deserve. <laughs> it was a, it was a strange game, wasn't it? Um, without being too Liverpool centric on this show, which we obviously will be. What on the Red Men TV? <laughs> yeah. The YouTube channel dedicated <laughs> entirely to Liverpool football. Go figure that we're going to talk Liverpool up. Sometimes you've got to just praise the opposition, and yeah. I think. I think we listen. We were off it. We were, we were like at probably at seventy percent. Well, I think the fact that they were they were really really good and really well organised made it look worse than it probably was. Um, we just could, we had no space. We just had we had nowhere to play the ball. Something was, it just didn't look right from the first minute. You could just tell like the shape of them was better than the shape of us. If that makes sense, you know we were there was gaps everywhere for where there was just space, but like no one in them to pass it to. It was very very odd. They they done a job on us and. Bit of luck, and there you go, and then it's one of those that you'll just kind of one of those one nils that you'll just kind of forget about that for down the line. You go, oh yeah, remember that happened. No one will ever remember. I think he's right, Dave. No one will ever remember how we went about achieving this. Yeah. Well, we do. We will. You know, when we, when we yeah. think back. But in the wider in the wider scheme of things, this is just going to be a, another a green, another another W, another yeah. whatever you want to call it on the on on the list of fixtures. Yeah, pretty much. Listen, it like if this is a few years ago, we probably don't go ahead and win that game. The fact now that we've actually gone into the game, we haven't played to the best that we can. In fact, it fills me fills me with more confidence because now if I see Liverpool go into another game like this and they don't have the greatest start, I, I know that. We can still get a goal out of nothing, and we can still scrape a result. We still can keep clean sheets. All these things add up into one. So this, this having a good performance, but then if you can have a clean sheet, not playing so great. If you can still score goals, not playing so great, then these things are going to play in your favour. Mm -hmm. And this is just something that you can see Jurgen Klopp has implemented into our teams compared to what we were like a few years ago when we were still developing. Absolutely, 100%. I've seen this so many times. And we're going to dive into it more in a second. But just want to let you know this podcast is brought to you in association with The Athletic. You can get over there, uh, theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Redmen TV is your code. Uh, you get 50% off your yearly subscription. Fantastic writing, including um, from James Pierce, who actually broke the wonderful potential. Well, depends on how you look at it. Story that Liverpool could get kicked out of the Carabao Cup, uh, which we all woke up to with a shock and surprise uh, this week and a whole host of other brilliant things as well. Else and talk about uh, Jeannie Manaldum and, and him being dismayed, Andy Robertson not being more highly rated at the best awards, etc. etc. But yeah, brilliant writing from James Pierce, Messiah Hughes, and the best football sports writers uh, on the planet right now. No annoying ads or pop ups. And I say you can get 50% off your yearly subscription rate by using the code that we'll put in the description underneath this video and podcast. Um, yes, Ross, it was, it, it shouldn't be underestimated, but it was, it was the end of four away games on the spin. Um, and I think by and large we've come through pretty well in that. And it, it, it's they weren't necessarily the, the the toughest opponents we'll have to face in those games. Napoli, not not Napoli, notwithstanding. But it it shouldn't be underestimated. You don't often get spells like that in seasons. Four four away games where we had to juggle things. We've tried. We had different teams. We've had to go. You know. Uh, you know. You, it, it upsets your preparation for these games as well. So to come out at the end of it, particularly having not dropped any points in the league, I think is massive. Yeah, it is massive, and I think some of them are, are really difficult. I think we have to adapt our style of play for some of those as well. Like I know we talk about Sheffield there, like same with the Newcastle game, which I know was at home. But when you're playing these low block sides, I think we have to change how we play. Mm -hmm. I think it's like 
we didn't, it doesn't look like we didn't, we didn't click, but I think we have to suss out the opposition first and see what they want to do. Yeah. And like, I was like this at the Newcastle game as well, of like thinking where's like the speed in the build up play or the penetration or trying to force it. But, you know, we've, we've had these games a million times before and it's, it's not come off for trying to rush the build up play. And I think yeah. having these, like you said, these away games, I think we've tactically we've adapted that as well and we've come through this. Even that play, we played really well. Yeah. It, just, it was just a poor result. And what I would say is that, you know, and you're right in what you say, Ross, that we, we, we you know, took our time and stuff, and I think we all agree we were at it, but we, we created in the first half two sitter chances. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we did absolutely nothing. Mane has two, he's just, you know, the ball at the top of Van Dijk, that's a sitter, and then he misses from two yards out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, we weren't playing great, but we, and they, again, they defended quite well. But, like before, but we, I mean, did, we still cut them open on two separate occasions, by what you said. Yeah. We were patient, the, the, the play around, play around, and then Van Dijk spots the run and goes. And on the second one, you know, to break, and it's, after, it's, it's probably one or two passes too many. We've wanked that to death, haven't we? A little bit, yeah. And then, at the end, man, but Manny should score. It's an absolute sitter. So, I think that's important as well, is that we, we did have to cut an edge to an extent. It wasn't like we created absolutely zilch and, and we, were, we, we never looked like scoring. I thought we did, again. But when you miss those two big chances, something in the back of your head can go, oh, it's, it is one of those days. But I don't think this Liverpool team have one of those days. It's... Uh, you know, absolutely, and that was that. That's the that's weird because for us, because we've had those days far too many times, haven't we? Ross down the, down the years, and like James referenced it there, you, you, you the same. Where I'm normally sat here, and I have done so many times and said to win them games, you either need a massive slice of luck, or you 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 need a, a piece of brilliance. Yeah. So it used to be Phil Coutinho would rattle one in off the bar. Yeah. Or someone goes in off someone's arse. And we'd actually had that because obviously Genie went out and was going, which we'll, we'll come on to later, is a massive slice of luck. But but Steve's dead, right? There's three big chances in that game. And you you put your house on Mane and Salah uh, between them, at least putting one of those in the back of the net. And that, that was the <coughs> difference. We weren't great. They caused us problems. They defended really well. But we still carved open more than enough opportunities to win. Yeah, the thing I was trying to compare it to was like Burnley a couple of years ago where we have like 20-odd shots... You know, half of the target, and we're having pop shots from 25, 30 yards because that's what we're used to. Yeah. Whereas now, like you said, it's more patient now with the build-up plays there. But I'm not used to that as a fan because I'm thinking first 25 minutes, like hurry up. But it's all part of our tactical change that we made of you know breaking teams down physically and mentally of, of passing the ball around. And I agree with Stay as well. I think you do have to give credit to Sheffield. You know, we, our front three weren't on fire, but then our back four, five were. I thought in large parts of that game. Again, we've had to adapt that as well from not having a defence three, four years ago to go into games like that now where Burnley would hit us on the counter-attack. We lost 2-0, I think, that game, didn't we? And when we absolutely battered him. Whereas that's the other side of it as well. We've got a defence that can can shore up when needed. I think mm. usually when I see teams play five at the back against us, I'm like, bring it on. We tend to do it. I, I might be wrong, but we tend to do it. I remember Spurs doing it. Turn around and we just absolutely obliterated yeah, them because they couldn't get near Robertson and Trent Alexander Arnold. Yeah. Moreover, that you know, you go back like a couple of seasons now when that became the on vogue form uh, formation for, for teams in the Premier League, didn't it? I think it was after Chelsea, Conte, yeah, yeah, Conte brought it in with Chelsea, and all of a sudden, half the teams in the league had it. And we developed a formation, I think, that worked really well against that. Type it, was, of it was essentially Trent and Robertson had all day, and 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 then we'd, we'd get good, you know, good deliveries and what have you, and we'd take it apart. But the way Sheffield did it was. They were more that their, their fullbacks that cover so well and they, they cover so much ground and their centre half who do you know the overlaps and stuff and they were everywhere. Is that from I'm gutted that I was behind the goal because everyone's been going on about this overlap and centre half. So I got a, me- a message off a mate of mine to say, "Oh, watch out for this." And of course, you've got zero depth perception when you're behind did the goal. They did a couple of times, but they didn't do it nearly as much as they have done in the championship. But they just they made they made themselves be able to get to Trent and to Robertson fast, you know. I don't think either of those two had an. I, I listened to your play ratings. I think you get them both sixes, and I think that was about right. Is that those two in that when you're playing against the five, your, your wing backs then become your creative players almost. They they got the space, but because Sheffield did such a good job closing them down, and because both of them were probably not not quite at the races, um, Robertson especially, it just made it all look a little bit disjointed because it pops into Fabinho, it, and then you have got Wan Aldum and Henderson. They're not really going to cut open a team. That that isn't what they're in the team for. The, the, the fullbacks are the creativity. That was the game for me. It felt like we and, and it's it, it's. We'll come on to some comments and stuff. In fact, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll go straight to it because I think it's a, it's actually a really pertinent point. Um, the man of me said on in the in the YouTube comments. 
Uh, this game highlighted our only and biggest weakness. When teams defend in numbers like Sheffield United, did you need dynamic attacking, driving, creative midfielders? These are not qualities our midfielders are known for. The difference is why Man City batter low quality teams and we struggle at times. And I think I think it's, it's more nuanced than that because I think Henderson Do Henderson does drive. No, well, exactly. Henderson does drive and Wijnaldum does drive. But I, I actually I think the, the base point there is perfect. Is that you we needed lads who were just better in small spaces in the in, in that situation who were a bit braver prepared to take a man on it's one. actually it, it's a Naby Keita exactly. it's a Naby Keita or Oxley Chamberlain yeah. what I would say is that I agree is that when you're playing against well organised disciplined teams someone has to be brave enough to go past a player because the second he goes past one their shape breaks down because someone else has got to come out and then it breaks up and in, in fairness no one did it until the second half and it was our centre half who started doing it and I don't think it was a, a coincidence that as soon as Joel Matip started taking lads on we did look a bit more likely because. Well, to be fair, I, I, I noted around the mind that match actually. Bobby Firmino starts doing it. Little, yeah, the, yeah. The when he goes number ten half, as well, yeah. And he, well, before in the first half, he drops a little a bit deeper a couple of times, and he looks to just get involved, and it shakes things up because when I mean, Jay's up to that point, our game, well, whether it was our game plan or it was us in, in the face of Sheffield United's game plan, the ball would go to Trent always, yeah, and he'd look up and he'd just have basically no one. No, no yeah. one to pass to, and and that was that was the constant cycle of what we would do. Normally, Trent can either play a little give and go. Yeah. We were just playing loads of like blind balls. We weren't creating anything from from Trent having the ball. I do think that like it was a bit of a mixture of how we was playing, but I actually think Sheffield United. I I think I like I'm still learning their players' names. Like as yeah, the yeah, season's God, going I, on, I, I, like no with all due respect to Sheffield, like that's how good they've done. In but they've done good by setting up right for the teams that they're playing against. So coming against, like, yeah, you look back at the Chelsea game when they drew 2-2 with them. Second half, going at half-time, the manager's saying exactly what they need to do to just get a result out of that mm. game. And they still play well the whole entire match, but they just conceded two goals in the first half. Against us, you, the manager's basically saying, don't give these respect just because these are the best team in Europe or best team in the league at the minute. Don't be giving these no respect if anything that should make you go out there and do this, this and this. Yeah. And he's basically cancelling out everything that he saw from Liverpool good. And he's basically saying, right, see them full-backs, they can cause problems, make sure that they don't cause any problems. Obviously in a bit more detail, but that's what he's solely focusing on. And when you do eliminate them strong qualities within a team, so, our, so our, one of our strong qualities is the full-backs, that's where we get a lot of our goals. It's like... It, it it kind of surprises you, and the fact we were still able to overcome that mm -hmm. and still over surpass that and still get the three points, I think, just shows the level of our team. Because another day that can be a very different result. It looked to me like they, I might be wrong again. I imagine Chris might look at this on his show more sure, but it looked like they were saying like we closed the fullbacks down. We're happy for, to let Matip and, and Virgil van Dijk have the ball, and as they fire it in, as soon as it went into Firmino or to Mane or to Salah, they were right up them. And we're just going to be close, and, be cl and you know what? We'll leave that space in behind, and if Van Dijk puts one on a, on a sixpence and they score, we'll accept it. And, well, that, and it nearly works. Well, it's a small pitch, isn't it? Yeah. You know, and that's why that, the, our tactic it meant Mo Salah toils a bit yeah. because where's he running? Where's he running to? You know, they've got loads of like they get they get back in numbers, they get they get on his toes. Bit of a booting. And to be fair, exactly, and, and in fair, to be fair, to be fair, the balls if you want to get him in behind have to be inch perfect, and they've just gone. Go ahead, just try it. That's the thing, you have to pick your poison, you're not going to just be able to keep the pull out for 90 minutes, doing everything right. They, it was all, they basically said, if you're going to score, we want, we want it to be with the ball behind us, and we hope that something goes wrong. And again, it nearly works for us, and Van Dijk spots it early, and Manny should score, to, it's a bad miss. And if that goes in, then it obviously it is a completely different game. But I thought what was interesting in terms of, looking at it from a Liverpool point of view, is that I don't think our passing was brilliant. Yeah. The, it was like half a yard here, a, a bad first touch there, and the, it's it's a bit slow because you know you're taking too many touches. And I, I think I, I, I got you were there. I was watching on TV and I could show Klopp and you see him move the ball faster. And because even if it's a half a yard off and someone's got to take an extra little touch here and there, or you know, there's one where it gets fired out to Robertson, it bounces off him. And that's it. Just that, that is nuts. That was the thing that got me, Ross, is because I don't know what the excuse is there. I mean, you, it's just the bad. early kickoff thing or what, whatever. But this is a team that had the week off. You know, these lads all had. All, so it's not fatigue. It's not mental fatigue. It's, uh, you know, it's early in the season or all, all that kind of stuff. It just it was a bit. You know, I say I think credit to Sheffield United for that did, but Steve's right. I just think it was sloppy. You know, Liverpool were were, were making their own mistakes in the first half. Twelve thirty kickoffs. 
It's got to be. The only thing I can think of, because it's happened earlier on the season already, but you're right, they're having a week off. I thought they'd be fit and firing, bang up for this one, kind of come out the traps, but, but they didn't. I don't know if that's a tactical thing of you know the penetration in the first half, but you can't, you can't make any excuses for, for some of the touches because they've been in training all week, or maybe because they've had extra time off because they didn't go to MK Dons, and mm. maybe you lose that rhythm a little bit because you know, before that they played two games a week, hadn't they, and stuff mm. like that. So It's weird. Like, it's, it's almost like... <clears throat> Like, a, like an epidemic almost like one bad pass and one bad touch and it's that spreading throughout the team yeah. and I don't know what again I don't know what the reason is but maybe it was lack of rhythm or like you say the early kick off four, four away games as well like you said I don't know they did take yeah. part in one of them as well but like yeah, having that routine travel. of like being at home every now and then give you that yeah. confidence boost going back yeah. in yeah. It, but it, but it, it, it could be something very simple couldn't it it, it could just be one, again one of those days and yeah. there's nothing to it but I always feel again it happens in, in a lot of different sports as well as that when one player makes one mistake sometimes it can then spread throughout the team like yeah. Everyone gets a little bit anxious or something because we that is not we don't pass like that. Mm. We're not that slow. We don't move the ball that slow. We don't take bad first touches. We're usually zipping, you know, moving them round. And to be fair, again, Sheffield United shape was really good, but I think we made it easier for them. And that usually when we when we come up against a good team, we were pressing us and we would just pop it around them. Yeah. And only once or twice in the first half where we really getting past it, it was otherwise it was a bit just a bit slow. Well, it's credit to Sheffield United as well, though, isn't it, for their yeah, style yeah. of play. But I like following what Jay said before, one of the good things afterwards I thought about was like we struggled in that game, but they'll cause other teams problems and more importantly teams around us. So if they go there and prob- I hopefully have, have the same sort of issue because I, yeah. Yeah, the way that they set up. No, I think it's an interesting point. But I think uh James Steve's Steve's right in that and he mentioned it slightly earlier as well. That the the it it spreads the one misplaced pass spread, but what it needed is you need, it goes the other way too. And we saw this against MK Dons when James Milner starts taking people on, it starts taking their their their, their fullbacks on and whatever. Yeah. And then Curtis Jones goes, "Oh, go on, I'll try a little yeah. bit of that." And I think that's what Roberto Firmino did in the first half. He did more of them when we changed formation. But Joel Matip was 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 one of those players who. Goes no, go on, I'll grab this, I'll grab this game here yeah. and I'll show people because that's what in those games where it, where it, space is tight when you're under pressure when you're getting beaten you're not having loads of time on the ball just one lad just turning someone or, or yeah. bursting past it it, it kind of leads the way for the rest of the team yeah you kind of notice things within a game like even us who've played like 11 aside games not at a professional level you still notice like things in a game that you can think oh yeah there's a lot of space there I need to start getting into there a bit more yeah. or just little things like that and that's what Joe Matic must have saw he just must have looked at it and thought do you know what I can I can drive forward here because these aren't really pressuring me. These are just making sure that the fullbacks are, are not causing any problems. But it wasn't like he was striding. It wasn't like he was striding unopposed. Yeah, he was like battling his yeah. way through. He, like you know, full on going for it. So yeah. brave. Yeah, one hundred percent. And and it weren't even because there was a weakness in Sheffield's team. He just believes in his own ability, yeah. which top players need to do more often. Because Absolutely. at the end of the day, if you believe in your ability and what you can do well, then you can go forwards and help your team win. And when he started doing that, it started to click a little bit more. Yeah, than, I, don't, I, don't I don't even think two, two seconds. Just a comment then from Barry Graham, who says Matip was a monster, yeah. winning every challenge, bringing the ball out from the back and running through their midfield, even playing some defence splitting passes. He's the best player of the day. Match today did a big focus on him as well in terms of his passing. Steve, yeah. he um, he was he was tremendous, and a few people have I've heard a few people say it. But if we'd spend sixty million pounds on him in the summer, we'd be like we'd be we'd be saying what look, look what a bargain we've picked up here. And yeah, I, I, I must admit I, I didn't read the comment there before. I was about to, I was about to pick up on his passing. It wasn't just the running with the ball that was, and he was really good at that because what that does, in in effect, him running with the ball gets. Trent Arnold in space because he beats someone, someone comes in and then no one's behind Trent and he, more often than not he gets there, stops and passes to Trent and that's his job mm-hmm. but over, when while they were in such a good shape he was pinging balls into Firmino, he was pinging balls in and it, listen, it didn't always work but we got, a, we got a couple of free kicks from him and it just, it was it was that thing I was saying before was when it was a bit slow he, he was looking going, you know what, I could give it to Van Dijk and he'll give it to Henderson and it'll go there and there you know what, no, I'll just get it forward I'll get it. I, I, my job is to get the ball to our three. Trust your best players. G- give it to the best lads. Neither their goal. It's, it's not rocket science. But it, it wasn't just the fact that he was doing it. It was how he was doing it. They, again, again, we were talking about space is limited on that pitch. It's a small pitch and they were, they were quite compact and they had it all boxed off. But he was firing balls past two or three legs straight into feet. And he was the he was the, almost the one who was like the catalyst for, to get us just moving forward a little bit quicker. You know, Van Dyke, even Van Dyke's passing was off a little bit mm-hmm. at times. You know, he was... He lost his radar a little bit, but but Matip was. I think you know. I thought he was our best player. I know um, on TV, I think Steve McManaman gave it to their centre half. Fair enough. But I thought Matip 
was the best player on the pitch, and I think he's probably been our best player for the last couple of games. Yeah. He has he is in really good form, and uh, like I say, if ha, ha, you know everyone was crying out at times for Liverpool to been loving off and buy a new lad, and you know we didn't need to, did we? Really, if we well, if this lad is this good, he is like he's, he's playing like he's not he's not as talented as Virgil Van Dijk because because I don't think anyone in the world is. But I think he's playing on a similar level right now. Yeah. I don't think you can... You're splitting airs. But this, is, this is a game, Steve, that a year ago we'd have all been saying put Lovren in for this one because yeah. you come up against a bit, you know, big, that yeah. McBurney's a big physical lad, isn't he? Looking to cause problems. They're going to go a bit more direct. This had Lovren written all over it because you want him up there booming headers away and, you know, getting really stuck into things. Whereas it's a testament to Matip that you now... Because you wouldn't have put him in these games because you thought he might have been a bit soft. You know, maybe maybe a bit weak for the, yeah, exactly. Whereas now you can see that that's that's where we're at. That's the level that Liverpool are playing at now, where you've got the physical commitments, but also Matip's got the, the the talent that that can that can dictate the game from the back as well. Yeah, so not only can he play footy, but he can you know he can he can get stuck in it as well. Yeah, but I, again, I I've said on the show a couple of years ago, and I, I don't know how often I've repeated this, that I always thought like he was a good home team player. You know, you play in Anfield against the lesser team. I'd never have wanted them going to Burnley away or, or you know, Sheffield United away or any of these teams where you think, you know, it might be a bit of a, a challenge physically. Yeah. But he was more than he was more than capable and he should be he's absolutely massive. I know he's a bit gangly and stuff, isn't he? But there's no way that he he, he should have been getting bullied by those centre half sorry, those strikers in the past that give him a bit of a going over. It was always odd because physically he shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what whether it's a change of tactics, just confidence, having the best defender in the world next year, or or a combination of all three, but now he's like he's right into them and he's clever where he fouls. You know, I always thought Lovren was dozy where he fouled. He would get stuck up someone five yards away from our goal, sorry from our box. Whereas Matip will do it 10, 15 yards out, and he will. He'll just take someone out if he needs to. You know, yeah. stop the game. He's turned into really streetwise centre half, and I don't think that was. Well, I never saw that when we first signed him. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, we signed a decent little lad for free. He'll be all right. He's turned into like you know who's better than him in the Premier League at the minute. Maybe the fella standing next to him, yeah. and, and that, and genuinely, and that, that might be about it on current yeah. form. Which is, you know, again, free, as free signings go, we always, you know, James Milner's the the gold standard, isn't he? I mean, Matip's playing better now than Milner's ever played for Liverpool. Like in terms of, he's he's at nines every like three, four, five games on the run. I think it's an it's an amazing, not only an amazing sign, it's an amazing testament to Liverpool's coaching because he's clearly improved. Yeah. You know, it, and. I don't. I I think it's unfair on him if you just put it down to he's playing Van next to Virgil. Yeah. I think that's not fair on him. I, I, he deserves credit, and the coaches deserve credit. Yeah, hundred percent. It um, it was a it was an odd game because I think we've seen a few comments like this, Ross. But you've got a um, GSP video here saying a great result in the end, but none of our midfielders tries to run with the ball and dribble past the opposition, just side to side, non-stop passing, doesn't create space for other players. We've had a lot of that in the last in the, in the last few years, and it's eternally <coughs> going to be the criticism. But it's right, is that. It was a game where I thought Fabinho could have done a bit more. I think Henderson could have done more. I think Wijnaldum could have done a bit more. And I wonder whether... Because you see it from Matip and you see it from Firmino. And and is this just a case of... Because I was banging this drum pre-MK Dons actually on on Twitter with Chris. I think when we've got Cater fit and Oxlade-Chamberlain fit, I don't think people understand what our team's going to be. Because I don't think we've seen... Until you see a midfield with Fabinho, Cater and Oxin. I don't think we we can truly understand what Jürgen's plan is for for, for Liverpool, but we <coughs> had to change it to four two three one. We put Bobby Firmino in more of, in more of a ten, and do you think that's that's that kind of knockout? We don't have those players properly available to us yet, so we had to find another way to to get that to get people moving with the ball. Matip starts striding forward, and Firmino just putting him a little bit deeper. Yeah, I think you've got to use the tools that you've got, haven't you? Obviously, if Keita was fit, I think we probably would all start him that game, but it's, it's also dead hard when, like we said, with those games before that we played, we've tried that, and teams fit us on the counter-attack, so you've got to worry about your defence as well. <clears throat> I think Firmino is probably that one that we probably have got, although he's not the out-and-out because he's he's normally now, but as soon as he drops deep, people don't want to take him on, and not only that, he takes people out of... It doesn't waste touches. No, but he takes people out of their area as well. So, yeah. like, you know, he's, he's taking a defender out of position and then you get your runners in behind. <clears throat> Excuse me, because that's what we have to do. Henson isn't the person to do, you know, like a rondo or a step over or something like that because that's just not his style of play. So we don't have any other options. I think, you know, it all comes back to Sheffield United. If they've seen that and gone, well, we'll just, we'll just push them out wide and they can knock crosses in all day because that's bread and butter to them because they'll eat it up. So, know. but again, credit to Klopp for, for, for dropping him. And Origi when he came on as well, to be fair. Yeah. He was probably the only one, you know, he was only on what, 20 minutes or something? But he was one of those doing step-overs and cutting in and taking people on. I think, I don't know, 
I agree with the point. We did look like we needed more dynamism in the field, and I think that is the game Kaita will play. You know, when Kaita has been fit, he's played at Burnley away, he's went to Palace away, and he starts those games, which is which is a testament to Klopp wants that. But to say, you know, Wijnaldum and Henderson didn't skip past plays, yeah, because that isn't, they're not any good at that. So it's what I say, go and beat a man. But if he gets tackled on the halfway line and we lose, the, and they go up to the end and score, everyone's going, the fucking hell, you know, I don't want Jordan Henderson trying to be free players because he won't be able to do it very well. Yeah. Just, it isn't his game. It's like, you know, I don't want, I don't want Adrian doing it because it's not, he's a goal. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not his game. And that's the thing is that you, you, Klopp can only because they can't do that doesn't make them lesser footballers. Or it just means that's not their job. Just yeah. stick to what I don't want. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want Sadio absolutely. Mane playing centre back. You know, because he's not going to win. Either. You know, it's, it's one of those just that he probably would. Yeah, he'd be all right. He'd do, do a job. But Henderson yeah, like and Wijnaldum, um, they don't really possess that in their game. It isn't that isn't what makes them good players. What makes them good players is what they're good at. So I agree with the point. But Klopp's just playing the hand he's been dealt. Oh yeah, exactly. And that, that's, that's the point. That's, you've got to find another, that is right. Yeah. But then you've got to find another way to, to yeah. win. To, and that's kind well, that's of the point we're kind of driving at because unfortunately I haven't come up. It's weird because the MK Dons game, we talked about it last week about it. It was a bit too late. We needed our players to have had that game to make them ready. But they've all gone and played that game. And then Cater's obviously not quite, still not quite ready. Oxford Chamberlain, not quite ready. Lalana's gone and done a big shift there as well. So all the lads who are the, the ones who are slightly better on the ball, you know, slightly less so Lalana, I'm not putting him alongside Cater than that because he hasn't got those legs anymore. But those lads have all gone and put a big shift in in midweek. So you don't have them available. So you're right, we've had to go and find a, a slightly different way. But um, James, I. I Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I thought it was a very, it was a very canny move to switch to four two three one because even with the Salah factor, I know he misses that. He has that 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 absolute sitter that's handed to him on a plate when he goes clean through. But that was a game where, and we saw this this time last year. We switched that formation for the, yeah. for, the for the little spell when it's going to be tight. You're going to play against low block sides. Sides are going to are going to try and bully you out of it. Makes sense to put Salah in those in in those kind of positions because yeah. he should. He doesn't not evidence yeah. by the weekend, but he's the kind of lad who's going to put those chances away. Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, you, you've got to change the the team up every once in a while because if you just go with the same thing every week, being in mind in that time you've got to be rotating players and stuff like that. You'd have got to kind of go with a different approach and like we were talking about before, how Sheffield approached us in the game. You've kind of got to improvise while you're actually playing against them as well because you can clearly see Klopp didn't set up the obviously we still won the game, but based on performance, we didn't set up like the right way. Sheffield still was able to get in behind our defence and, and still break us down. So we did have to change that throughout the game, and that's just what good teams have to do. You'll have to improvise and you just have to fight through them. The um there's a couple of just a few more key points on this, Ross. Man, I should have a pen. Yeah. Um it was funny because I, I it, it we we Chow for it was right in front. It was right in front of us. You can't tell. You can't tell. You know, I messaged Chris, who obviously watched it on the telly, and he said, "I think the, I don't know whether the coverage originally said like, nah, it's not a, a pen,' because he said it doesn't. Apparently, it's not. And then when I watched it back, obviously, I, I, the, you, after the fact, you see the, fin, the the definitive angles, don't you? So I just saw the, the in, in the highlights they showed the one angle where 
it's a, it's a pen. It's, it's a pen all day long. And here we are once again. <coughs> We're going to do it, aren't we? Is oh. that a subjective decision? See, I, this is part of the problem, though. Why is it a subjective decision? Why why can't someone just look back at that and go, actually, it's a penalty, change it? See, I, didn't think it was, I didn't think it was a pen, if I'm honest. Jamie, I thought... I, I thought... Manny's... Well, there we go. That's why it's... it's no, a and that's what I'm saying. It's subjective. It looked to me more like Manny's swinging foot kind of caught the lad rather than the lad catching him. It, it was kind of like a coming together. I... I when I first saw it, I thought pen, but then not one of our lads really shouted. I mean, Andy Robertson has a bit of a go, but not you know, Manny's not up in arms, and everyone else isn't up in arms. And I, and then I think that's what the commentators again, what Chris is referring to on your text, sorry, is that they didn't, they were like, oh no, I don't know, it didn't look like one. I think maybe you got the ball, and then you look at it, and to be fair, he doesn't get the ball. He doesn't get the ball, which is, but then it's like, but the foot's still up from the and, and the foot's yeah, high, and, and Manny, I don't think it's an absolute one where you say if the ref gives it. I don't think the AR overchanges it, you know what I mean? I think it's what, again, yeah. they've kind of stuck with referees' call, which, again, we've, we've gone through that to death on this show loads of times in the past, but I think that's one where you do go with what the ref says because I don't think it is like bang on the, the clear and obvious thing again. You know, in, in Naples, for example, that lad dived. That's clear and obvious, that's a dive. But I don't think this was one where you de definitively should, again, people might, be, might disagree with me. Oh, yeah, well, please, that's an absolutely. Go on, Rash. It's consistent in the fact that the Joe Matip headlock wasn't a penalty, then that's clearly not a penalty, isn't it? Yeah, I feel yeah. like you do need to at least just go over this. And I understand that you want to make the referees look good to get that. You don't want to make them look shit. If they make a decision, you kind of want to stick with it. You want yeah. to keep the game, the flow of the game going as well. But it's not about the referees, though, is it? You should probably just have a week I don't know. where they let the VAR officials. Like, like run run riot mm -hmm. and let them make those decisions because I, I and we'll see what they do because I my suspicion is they're just protecting us they're protecting us from five penalties a match yeah. because unfortunately as we've seen in, in its usage in the past everything looks like a penalty in slow motion yeah. you know when you slow yeah. by and large you know when you slow it down and you see and you can see there's contact because you know they're doing it with the offside and they're doing it with handball you know they do it with handballs well you know the the Man City Spurs one like you know that they they're going by the absolute letter of the law it's very easy to do make those decisions I think and I wonder whether that's the overall mandate there they just go oh god let's just not get let's just not get lost in all this but I just think it'd be fucking hilarious because if they just let if they just let it happen six five week, honestly <laughs> that's what I think it go I think it go mad and everyone would probably either go but this is what we asked for. Okay, mm. great. Or everyone go, ah, yeah. Okay, fine. Let's let let's wind it in a bit. But yeah, it's. It, I mean, Steve, you thought it wasn't. Tells you every reason. They fucked why. up implementing that VAR though, like mm. into the whole Premier League. In my opinion, I feel like it just. Well, it's just an offside machine at the moment, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. it's just fine. I, I don't mind because just advertise. Is that? Yeah. Just say to them, you know yeah. what? All we're gonna do, we're only gonna check offsides. Anything else is we're just gonna leave it to the ref. Yeah, like penalties. That's what, that's what, that's what they're doing anyway, and it just makes people angry in that. Well, why, why isn't VAR? Why isn't VAR? VAR We're going to need, James, a moment where I think, like um, the Merseyside derby years ago when uh, Phil Neville handballs Lucas Leiva's shot yeah. on the line. And I mean, to be fair, he gets sent off and we get a penalty yeah. for that. But I think there's going to have to be a moment like that that the referee misses. Yeah. And then the, then, then the final will be there. Well, hang on a second. If VAR's not given that, yeah. then what's... I get it. I think Steve just made a good point. I just think it needs to be a bit more specific. I feel like it's because it's focused. So we are, for example, goal line technology. That was brilliant when it got added to the game, in, in my opinion, because obviously it solves literally every situation where you think it could be a goal, it, and you can clearly tell if it is or yeah. it's not. Obviously, there's the the centimeter yeah, yeah, ones yeah, sure. and stuff that can be, but in the main, it gets it right enough every time. Not all technology is going to work every time. Whereas VAR, it's just so up and down and it just pisses so many fans off. And yeah, we're even talking here. Like we don't even like Steve said it's not a penalty, you said it was, I think it is. But there's that mixture of different opinions. And obviously that's just football in general, mm. but it could just be for offside, and if it is just a, a millimetre offside, then it's offside, in my opinion. But when it comes to stuff like fouls, that's just that's a game of opinion, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just ruining uh, the flow of the game and enough. it's not fully prepared. Absolutely. Um one moment um which I think we can all agree on. Um their goalkeepers had an absolute shocker. There, Ross Genie Wijnaldum scores from 
Well, it's not the worst shot of the game. I, I, heard, that, I heard that. I think Ben, did you say that? <laughs> to me, I mean, I heard it said anyway. It's not the greatest of shots. It's on target. He's done his job. He's put the ball on target. Um, and Man United's on loan. Yep. Young goalkeeper. Ha 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 ha. Drops it through his legs. It's nice watching other goalkeepers make mistakes, isn't it? Mm, <laughs> yeah, that routine. Uh, he's got to take your chances, don't you? Genie has a. Not a very good ratio of shots on target, does he? So it does go in, you're made up, and that's all it took. But it did, for the funny thing was, the amount of players of Sheffield United just fell to the floor. Like all that graft and stuff that they put in, I didn't feel sorry for them, but you know, it's, you know, it's hard to watch. But yeah. Oh, for real, from, from a human perspective. Those things you, happen. You do, yeah. don't you? And you can see it in Chris Wilder's post match when he, he, doesn't, he doesn't come out and defend the goalkeeper. He's brutal, he just says. Look, you know, you, you can't be making mistakes like that. If you've got ambition, you know, if you want to be a top goalkeeper, you're gonna to have to bounce back. All this and that. He's got to stay because is they could they there's we might go on and score because that's you know the butterfly effect and all that kind of stuff. We might just go and score anyway. But he he'll be looking at that and the way he'll be selling that is that's a draw that our goalkeepers cost us there. Um, which is which is absolutely he's absolutely spot on. With yeah, he is. Yeah, we we've lived that life, haven't we? It's mm. it's one of them is that. I always think against. I mean, I, I, it sounds like I'm being patronising here, but when you're playing against a lesser team or someone who you're better than, and again, Liverpool are better than Sheffield United, you're always hoping that it's either your bit of skill or one of them, or they'll make a mistake, or you know they'll get fatigued and someone will just switch off or make a silly foul or whatever. The mistake this time was just the goalie had an absolute shocker, and to me, the shot was that bad. He's thinking about where he's going to throw it. Like the, the, no, generally, yeah, I think yeah. he is. I think I think the crowd, their crowd, you, you were there. It, it was, from the TV, you could hear they were up for it. And every time he got it, they were trying to get the ball out, and they were trying to go, go, go. And to me, it looks like one of those where he's already he's already looking like to the right hand side, see where his fullback is, because I'm going to pick this up, and it's going to go, and we're going to be on the attack again. And he's he just he's got his fundamentals wrong. He doesn't again knee behind the ball, that kind of thing. He's a young goalie, and to be fair, you know I watched a quite a bit, a quite a bit of the championship last year, and he was really good. But he did have the odd moment in him where it was just like, again an absolute howler because that's the reason my United have sent him out on loan yeah. to go and get these howlers out yeah. in, in, on someone else's watch. Yeah. You know, their goalies having their own issues at the moment as well. And this, you know, Henderson's probably thinking if David De Gea goes or whatever, I'm next in line. So United have sent him to Sheffield United to to kind of iron these kinks out. Yeah. He's a good goalie. He's just again. It's just it, 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 yeah, it's, it's just one. We've got we and we've got the. We've got to rub the green. Not only the fact that it goes through his legs is that he's he's then off balance that he can't get back because he's leaning forward again because I think he's about to go. Yeah. I think he wants to get the ball gone, so it goes through his legs, and then he's leaning forward and he, he listens. His weight's gone. That, he can't. It was it, it was just rolling that slowly. That moment, just because Jimmy hits it. Ooh, you get excited because someone's hit a shot. Oh, it's gone on target. Yeah. But as soon as it goes towards the goalkeeper, you go to switch off, and then all of a sudden, because we're behind it, the ball just re-emerges. And it does yeah. it happens in slow motion where the realization dawns that he's not he's yeah. not getting back to that, yeah. and the crowd just bubbles up and goes absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, I mean, it's mad to think of it. Gini Van Alden, remember when he couldn't score away from home? It's only does not. Nah, but listen, it happens. You know, goalkeepers can make them type of mistakes. It you know, it doesn't matter how much you can train years on end to be the best goalkeeper of all time. You can just still have a lapse of. of concentration and make a silly mistake like that it happens to the best of us in all situations but who cares we won even, even with normal size arms you can make a mistake eh? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say we, we, we have had the, we've had the rub the green a few times you know obviously last, I, I that's was, what you need though yeah, you we talk about yeah. it as being a, a league challenging team we talk about how Liverpool don't get enough luck boom there's a nice little, little bit it's of funny, luck but what, I, what, what I think about that though is it, because you're dead right but it, I love the fact that if you're like there was Evertonians going out oh, the, the, the devil's club and all this like, and it's rigged and it's all, it's all fixed in our favour um, I'm that's just an added it's cherry on top for me Ross because that's it Man City fans all, all the fans of teams that don't like us We'll just be ready because they did it last season when um, the Palace keeper threw one in and, and Lloris threw one in and all this kind of stuff. You need, you do, you need, you need these things to happen to go to go in your favour sometimes because sometimes you can't you can't win every game on your own terms. Yeah, I think it's helped the confidence as well because was it Pickford last season when he, he threw one in to Origi? That spurred us on to a massive long run. A little, we're still in that run, but you know that's confidence for the players. They haven't played so so well, but they still come out with three points. Now going ahead mm -hmm. to. Another set of fixtures, which are quite difficult, you know, like two games a week for quite a long period. 
Dope might look back on that and go, actually, that, that kicked us on again to another level of uh, uh, winning. You know, and the gap's still, what, five points in the Premier League? You know what's different as well is that when you... Well, you've got to be good enough to make these bits of luck make you win the game, if that makes sense. So, the other day, for example, Hugo Lloris has a shocker, doesn't he? And Danny Ings just tackles him and scores. Yeah. But the problem is Southampton can't defend. Yeah. So that one goal is all well and good, but you've left three on the other end. Yeah. And it happens to, you know, flip it round, is that Sheffield United got it against, sorry, Southampton got it against us, Danny Ings again. The problem is they'd already conceded a couple of goals. Is yeah. that if you stay in games and you you keep the score at nil, that slice of luck might win you one. Is that, it's all right, it's, you might, you know, like the other day, for example, Everton at one all and Jordan Pickford just lets one go through his hands, his little T-Rex paper crisp hands, <laughs> is that it's one all, so then now you're losing. Where, you know what I mean? If you're, if you've got, try and get yourself in a position where that point where that mistake doesn't absolutely kill you or vice versa. If you're in City's position, who weren't playing well, but their goalie had pulled off an absolute couple of worldy yeah, saves yeah, yeah. and they'd kept themselves in the well, game. Well, the Spurs ones, it's just because obviously Lloris drops that absolute bollock, doesn't he? Yeah. But then he, he, then he basically wins the game for them later on exactly. by pulling, by pulling saves. And, that's, it's, and to be fair to Henderson, no, he does well on the Salah one as well. He yeah. closes the space. So I think the important thing to remember about this is, and again, we didn't play well and stuff, but the reason that there's a note next to Liverpool's name is because by hook or by crook, it wasn't like our jam was having to pull save after save. Like, again, I go back to Everton, Ederson had to pull two or three really good saves out, you know, from close range headers or, you know, Calvert-Lewin from close range and stuff. Adrian, as, as well as Sheffield United played, it wasn't like he was making save after save. Yeah. I think he has one save that he has to tip around the post, yeah. which again, if Pickford's in goal, it's probably a goal. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably a goal. <laughs> Better but, to save it with Zed. Oh, yes, it's, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we, we defended a little bit last gasp at times, but it was all right. Like, Robertson throwing himself in the way of a couple of blocks, Van Dyke block and stuff. It wasn't like Adrian was getting peppered and that's that's because if you can keep that nil next to your name you know next to sorry, their name as long as you can yeah. you might get a slice of luck and it yeah. might be Virgil van Dijk hitting one off the bar and pick the throwing it in or Hugo Lloris dropping it into his goal or Henderson getting it through his legs just stay in the game no, don't, right. don't, don't lose yeah. the. I think Liverpool teams of circa 2014-15 would have been 2-0 down by 60-70-80 minutes done a shit. we've been to Swansea we've been to Hull all these crap teams who, who, with all due respect, had no right to beat Liverpool or shouldn't have been beating us. But because we hadn't performed and the mentality of the players wasn't there, the game was lost before you had a chance to win it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one last question from the viewer comments here, Ross, uh, from Paul Allen. He says, do you think that some Liverpool players think it's an easy game, meaning they are more psyched up against bigger opposition? No disrespect to Sheffield United. <coughs> no, not at all. I just think that's that's the way that Sheffield United play. We've said time and time again, and it's been, you know, post the game people giving credit to them and the way that they play I just don't think you can take anyone for granted these days I don't think Liverpool do I don't think we can afford to I think you know I said before the gap's obviously five points and we're on such a high I just think it's you know it's one of them where it is difficult and as we've all said one of them where we, we would have lost in the past I don't think you can play your style of football that we do at Anfield week in week out I think you have to change If I had to show you the lead table here Paul so Sheffield United are in the same areas Burnley I mean Man United played tonight so that might change but Wolves Southampton Everton they're, they're tougher ways that we know are tougher ways. Yeah. Sheffield, just because they've come up, that's the that's the level of team that they've surrounded, they put themselves in now. Yeah. They're in that they're in that team of tougher way. Yeah. The the Palace, the Burnley. The, it's not like oh we we, know, we said it. Me and Ben were saying like oh this is like they're in that clutch of teams. We see Watford. What you know? I mean, Watford West Brom used shite, to be anything. But you've got these teams and they've got these decent but small compact stadia. They've got like rabid fan bases in the best possible in the decent best managers. possible way. Yeah, exactly. A good a good team ethic, all that kind of stuff. Like it is. It's a tough game. Um, one player I want to talk about, James, before we start to wrap up. Um, and it goes into this thing, this notion of uh, off the back of what Steve's saying there. I felt like Liverpool were going to come out on top ultimately because once we made the change of formation, we brought Divock Origi on. Yeah. I thought we were mi we were miles better, and Origi yeah. takes loads of credit for that. I think we underestimate how good he is sometimes. And look, I wouldn't necessarily want him playing left wing against the best teams in the world. Yeah, but he's he's certainly good enough to do that job against the vast majority of teams in the Premier League. Hundred percent, and it's players like Origi that you look at and you you. They're just as vital as your starting players, and I know that sounds a bit mad because you've missed them. Yeah, exactly. And listen, when it comes to games like this, you've got to jump into what you've got beneath that starting eleven. Mm -hmm. You really, really do. You look at City, and the reason why they smash it every single year and win multiple trophies is because they're going out and buying Riyad Mahrez's to sit on the bench yeah. and just absolutely tear up for them. 
for them when he, when he comes on. And even though Origi isn't that, we know he's a good player. We know he can get goals out of nowhere. And that is why we need a player like him because he, he can he can come up he with got the goods. stuck in a bit as well. Exactly, he, he has the <laughs> skill and ability. You know, like Ross mentioned before, doing stepovers when he's coming on, it just brings a little bit of something to the game, adds that extra bit of flair, and that's what you need sometimes. But he was, getting, like, he was getting stuck in when he Ross. Yeah. around the halfway line, like he was. I don't know. Some, that isn't again. That isn't the games of some of our lads. But he's, you know what? He's dead big and strong and stuff. And there were times he was just unsettling them. He for years, Ross was. Just he was just David and go Mark two. You know he's a lad who just wanted the ball in over the top and wanted to run to it and score goals. He couldn't hold the ball up to save to save his life. You know he was a big lad, but he wasn't a physical lad. Was I think Steve's right? You know he he's, he I mean, look, he's twenty four now. It's what happened. You fill out at that age, at that age. So it just doesn't stop. You know he's he's tall. He's a good option aerially. He holds the ball well. He's got a great touch. Bell's he, a haircut now. He's now got a boss haircut again. Well, he had a boss haircut before, to be fair. But he um, he looks like just a bad ass now. Yeah. He was. <laughs> I, I I just I loved his all round his all round game. He looked like he belonged. He didn't look like you know just some this this lad we're throwing on as like a joke or some cult figure. He, he's got a, he's got an important yeah. role to play. But I think James is right. I think he's he, he's best when he comes on the substitute because he's got that injection of pace, the aggression, and especially when you've had like a, a hard game like that for seventy minutes. You've, you've had Manny running at you for 17 minutes, like you're going to be goosed and you're thinking, oh, I'll get a break now. I know someone else is coming on to come and bully me, basically. But I think he's still kind of seen as a, a cult figure or a meme almost at times, yeah. isn't he? Because ultimately he's always judged on his last performance. And I think like, Matt is yeah. a good example of this. We're not used to players improving when they've been at Liverpool for such a long period of time. I think obviously Matt is a, a case study for that. But so is Origi, because before he got his injury, he was decent and he is improving and stuff. But I just don't think he's always compared to the front three and he's never going to be as good as them, you know. Maybe he will be, but you know, that's that's the step up from it. He's always compared to them, where I think is an impact player. I think that's when he's he's most dangerous, mm-hmm. and he's you know he's, he wants to he wants to start the next game, but you know he must be hard for him. Can I can I ask you something? The last time again, I, I spoke before. The last time we won a game one nil in the league was Brighton, I think, in January, and then after that we had the draws against like United, and we we drew with Everton, we drew with West Brom and stuff. Do you think Paul Klopp's got a little bit braver? Because that was a brave sub, you know, he took his captain off centre mid mm-hmm. to throw on another forward player. Do you think he's learned maybe, you know what, these one points have got to be three points? Absolutely. It's, he's gambling the one to get the three yeah, because... Steve, we, didn't, Steve we, didn't, we didn't... The reason we didn't win the title, and it's... And I, and, and, you know, I don't you can like point to every game, you know. Well, yeah, look, we lost one game of football last season. So it wasn't... You don't, you don't lose the league title because you'd lose one game of football to Manchester City away from home. You can't possibly hinge the success of your season on going away to the, to the, to the best team in the league and not winning. That can't be, that can't be what it is. It, it's the draws. The draws was what killed us last year. So you're dead, you're dead right. We had to go a bit braver. And we, you know what? Cops' first season we did because I think he had he, he had nothing to lose. You know, I remember like Chelsea away and we we, we were doing really well. Like we were throw, we, we were winning. I think we we threw we threw Ben Teke on for a laugh. You know what I mean? Like you throw an extra attacking players on just to keep just to keep going and keep doing that. I think because we've got the defence, sometimes you, you know we we do as you said we trust that it'll work itself out or it's fine. Look, keep a clean sheet and the rest might work 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 itself out. But I think I think we had to. I think you did right. I think we, we the games like this. These are these are our points now. You can't go away and go. That's a good draw. There's no such thing as good draws against the, against the other fifteen teams in, yes, in the league. Because I think like I look back at Goodison. I look back, you know, United the United away game when the, the whole team were getting injured, or you know the West Ham Leicester games where it looked like I'd say maybe 70, 75 minutes. Klopp was happy with you know what we'll take the draw. We'll let's not get beaten if we win it. Good. I think yeah. the mentality has flipped to these one point. They've got to be these have got to be three points. Got to be three points because. The only the, the only points Liverpool should be dropping in the league this season to any team to, other than our big historic rivals in which you or derby games where it can be a bit a bit a bit mad are when someone it's tight it's close and you're having and Napoli Napoli basically is that get when by ref, you get a dodgy decision or someone sticks a world in and what and what can you do because that's the only way yeah. City lost games last season was Andros Townsend battered and one in from 40 yards mm-hmm. when you know a hundred times out of a hundred that goes in, in the stands that's the only way Liverpool should be dropping points against teams like this and I, I, I keep saying no disrespect to Sheffield United but they know you know, this is a newly promoted side they don't they've not come up to the Premier League going way we're taking we're taking six points off Liverpool 
Liverpool this season. They haven't. They've come to give it the best go, but there's no expectation on that. And so the expectation all falls on Liverpool. I think he, I think he did right. So Klopp gets credit for that. Um, Ross, we've now taken 99 points from our last 38 games. Oh, I didn't win that freaking league, Ross. I know. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, the, the thing that's most encouraging about that is that if those... You're meant to be a bit slow when the season starts. So those, that, that, that's an impressive stat. It's a stat that means nothing. You don't get a league title for, for picking a random selection of 38 games yeah. throughout, the, throughout the stretch. Um, but it does show you just how good... We are now how good we've been this season because you know again I I without knowing what Man City have got the fact that they've already dropped five points in the league this season suggests that would be a, a lower total than that. Yeah, all the pre-season heads fallen off because we didn't win all our pre-season games has kind of gone to bed, hasn't players, it? But, but yeah. I think it was some of that was justified in the fact that they weren't great performances or or great results either. I think you know I think I was probably a little bit concerned about how we're going to start the fact that we just got out and won seven out of seven and continued that form. I get, I mean, we've had some tough games. Well, Sunday was a Saturday was a classic example of a tough game, but coming through it, you know, and having that momentum to keep going when you've had like three months off, and people that have hardly had a preseason, like the front three, didn't have one to keep going. You know, obviously, they've been away with Cop America and one of the European ones in the summer, just to keep going. I think it is incredible. I think Steve's right. I think we've adapted our tactics to go and win these the smaller games. Absolutely, well, brilliant, uh, fantastic, and we we had a very brief. Very brief moments, me and Ben driving back from Sheffield, uh, listening to the City-Everton game on the radio, and you're thinking, oh, the Ever might do something here. They might do something here. No, because the Ever. What I would say on that, right, is that Everton had a go. Mm. And I think, I think it might, that might be the blueprint of that. We're not going to beat Manchester 1-0, but we might beat them 3-2, as Norwich did. Yeah. Let's, let's go toe-to-toe, because what City remind me of now, with the injury problems that they've got, is I mean, when we had... Um, you will remember Moreno and Dejan playing left side of our defence together almost yeah. it was almost like the Achilles heel yeah. teams will keep poking at it keep poking at it keep poking at it and they might get something of it, yeah. out of it combine that with the fact that City are terrible at defending set pieces there is a chink in their armour you know what I mean it, it, listen going forwards they are amazing they've got some of the you know, De Bruyne Sterling Aguero Jesus name them all but there is it's it's a, it's almost like fighting the heavyweight boxer who you know might have a little bit of a weak chin. Yeah, is that you might you, there's a good chance you're going to get knocked out, but swing for it because there's a chance you might get him. Absolutely. I think City have I think I think Everton exposed that to an extent. You know, Everton should have scored three goals quite easily. Mm-hmm. They had clear cut chances, and I, I was again I watched that game on TV and Gary Neville was all over it saying you know this isn't right something's not right here, and it shouldn't be right because they're playing Otamendi, Zinchenko, Fernandinho was part of the. You know, three of their back four. I hope, and again, I've been saying this for a while, is that just have a go at that. Just, just, yeah, teams taking courage. Just have, and it's due to us. You know, mm-hmm. team. We, we were well better than these teams. We rock up, but they'd have a go. Yeah. And you might, you might get lucky, and you might get a three all. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what Everton showed. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we've got the uh, Champions League to look forward to this week, of course, gentlemen. Uh, thank you very much. That is the final words on Liverpool, Sheffield United. Any thoughts that you've got, please do leave them in the comment section underneath. Uh, thank you very much to the Athletic uh, for sponsoring this show and podcast. Go to theathletic.co.uk. Uh, the link will be in the description underneath. You can get fifty percent off your yearly subscription very very highly recommended a brilliant app uh, and some great writing as well other than that thank you very much gentlemen thank you very much uh, thank you for watching liking sharing and subscribing we'll see you all soon Ta-da. imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.